Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 105 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. This episode is brought to you thanks to our sponsor, Connected Data. Learn more about their product, Transporter, a private off-cloud storage device at filetransporter.com slash KMR. In our last episode, we discussed encryption and whether recent news stories about the NSA might change the way lawyers think about using encryption. This week, Google did in fact shut down Google Reader, and as longtime Google Reader users, Tom and I thought we'd share our thoughts on that and talk about what we will be doing to replace Google Reader and and where RSS feeds and RSS reading is going. Tom, what all is on our agenda for this episode? Well, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we're uh, going all Google. Uh, first, we'll discuss the final demise of Google Reader, what we're doing about it, whether you should be doing something about it if you haven't already. In our second segment, we'll talk about Google Search uh, and, and whether it's lost its touch for us. And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can start using the second this podcast is over. But first, let's get started on our main topic, and that's the end of Google Reader. Dennis, you stayed, I think you stayed in denial about Google Reader closing for months, it seems like, and, and I think you secretly thought Google would change its mind. I'm, I'm guessing that you needed to record this podcast for proper closure to the, to the states of grief. Um, how, how are you feeling about it these days? It was surprisingly uh, easier than, than I thought it would be. And I actually think, I was thinking about this, I think that sort of grieving for technology loss is probably a good thing and probably something we don't do enough of, you know, so when, you know, when you, you change over to a new, a new phone or get a new computer or something fails on you, I, I think probably a little time for, for grieving is good. I, I'm, it, was, it was sort of anticlimactic for me. I mean, I, a couple, about a week ahead of time, I moved things over to Feedly, which looked like there was sort of a consensus on was probably the, this, the, the successor uh, to Google Reader, at least, at least at the beginning. That process was really smooth. We, we can talk about it a little bit later, but there are you know, a few quirks I can live with. But I, I just realized it, it seemed to be pretty easy pulling the data out of Google Reader. Um, I think I got it. Uh, that was a little bit trickier than I expected it to be. And um, maybe I didn't get as much data out as, as, as I hoped. I think that's a little bit unclear still. Um, but then I also have the question whether, you know, I'm actually going to go back to that and, and, you know, cause it could be that just pulling the feeds that I had in Google reader over in, into, into Feedly, uh, was enough. So, so I think that I just sort of, it was a little bit anticlimactic and, and I also feel that it, it made me kind of focus on Google reader and, uh, you know, I think it's part of the grieving process, but. I, I sort of realized that Google Reader itself was not the perfect, you know, program or service by any stretch of the imagination, and and so uh, being forced to make the change uh, might might actually uh, give me a chance to rethink how I use RSS feeds, and also maybe end up with a, a much better tool anyway. You know, I um, 
I, I actually went through almost no grieving whatsoever. I think that when we first found out about it, there was outrage. I went online, I signed the petition. I was a total RSS Google reader geek about the whole thing. But I think that my outrage was misplaced. I, I, I've really just been using Google Reader for the past, I don't know, three years, four years. I, I've really just been using it, the framework to Google Reader. And I don't actually use the Google Reader tool, the, the, the website itself. And once I put that in perspective, that really all I needed was, was an RSS reader. Uh, and I, I, it was really very easy to adjust to a new tool. And, 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 and I, I got over Google Reader very quickly. Uh, but I, but let's, let's step way back for a second, because I think that part of this conversation assumes, and, and Dennis, you and I have been talking about this for, I know, at least 10 years about RSS and about about RSS readers and how important it is, but but I'm going to make the you know I got an email this week from uh, from 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 one of our friends asking what we've gone to now that uh, Google Reader is gone. But I'm going to make the assumption that there's a lot of listeners out there who either never use Google Reader or don't even know why they should use Google Reader. So let's take you know a minute or two to argue the position for why. Why using something like Google Reader is important. So we'll state the case, and then we'll talk about what we moved on to, and and what options are out there, and why we still think it's important. And, and for my part, I'm going to say that that no matter what you're doing as a lawyer, keeping up with uh, what's going on in the world today, the, the latest news, either whether it's in your your the legal industry or the industries that you follow as a lawyer, or if you have side interests like we do for technology. Keeping up with that information on the internet is hard. It's very hard to have to go and find those websites and visit them all the time and uh, look for new stories. And it just takes time and, and you don't have that kind of time with a law practice. And that's where um, what, what, what's called RSS, really simple syndication, comes in. And uh, it's, it's a tool that uh, rather than go into a lot of detail, I'll try and put, some, uh, put a link in the notes to, to, to give a, a demonstration or an explanation for folks who... Uh, who don't know what RSS is, but basically it's a way that you can subscribe to a website to get the news delivered to you on your terms when you're ready to look at it. And for years, Google Reader was the way to, to read that news. You could subscribe to all sorts of websites and, and, and news feeds all over the place, and Google Reader was a great tool. Now that it's gone, we're looking at other tools um, to, 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 to get that done, and, and I think we'll talk about that in just a second. But before we do, Dennis... Anything you you want to talk about on 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 that front, just from a real basic level? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, part of the difficulty for people with RSS uh, feeds and RSS readers is that um, the focus was a little bit too much on, in a way, the underlying technology and the tool versus what it accomplished. And there's this great quote at the sort of the beginning of the RSS era. Uh, JD Lasica said, "It's news that comes to you." And I, I always like that. It's, it's kind of, you know, when you pull that apart, you're not quite sure what it exactly means. And it may seem a little superficial, but the notion that I could monitor what was being posted at hundreds of different blogs and websites in one place using one tool. Uh, and I use a number of, of uh, RSS readers over the years before going to Google Reader, which the benefit was that you could... Um, see everything in, in one place, no matter which computer you're on or, or where you're at, which is why I think, Tom, what you're, you're saying about as you move to apps and stuff and you said, oh, wait, Google Reader was just kind of the back end anyway, um, that 
uh, you know, that that I think eases the change. But that, there's that notion that says instead of going, when people say that they go to my blog, it sort of floors me still. Because um, I think that you just subscribe to an RSS feed and an RSS reader, and then the new blog post just come to you in that one central place. And I, and I think that's the great notion of uh, an RSS reader and, and Google Reader became the one that, that, that people use just because it was, to me, sort of part of the whole uh, Google Google world was, you know, easy enough to use, did basically uh, the stuff you wanted, allowed you to save items, to share items, to organize things, you know, to, uh, you know, you could add feeds easily. So, it, so it just basically worked very serviceable, but that sort of being able to get to it from anywhere uh, was great. But I think as you've, you've talked about Tom and you've showed me that when you use a, an RSS app, you essentially get to the same place and it, and you sort of have a better skin or interface on, on what you're receiving. So I think that's, that's the great benefit of RSS. And I think the notion maybe that helps people better is it's, it's sort of like the central place to get alerts. And so sometimes people say, I don't get the RSS part, but I like the idea of having one page I go to. And it could have been like a My Yahoo page, which I think also worked on the basis of RSS, but mm-hmm. it's sort of one place you could go to to see at least headlines, but often the full text blog posts of the things you were interested in all in that one central place. So it just made um, sort of monitoring what's going on in your world so much easier and, and so much uh, more efficient. Right. And and I, I, I can't overstate how useful Google Reader had been to me over that period of time, and I know for you as well. But um, like I said, when I, when I went back over and looked at it, uh, it, it didn't really matter so much that I wasn't going to be using it anymore. There was really only one feature that I used it for. I, I think that on a previous podcast, we talked about uh, my research workflow of, of how I keep up with things and 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 read about the latest uh, news that's of interest to me, and then keep it and store it for future reference. And the the first part was Google Reader, and then I would tag those types of uh, those stories that I needed to find later. Um, and then I would use Instapaper. I'm now using Pocket uh, to read articles later, and then I would ultimately save things over to my Evernote account um, so that I'd have them have them on a on a more permanent basis. Uh, frankly, the only thing that Google Reader needed to do that 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 some of these other tools didn't do was the tagging. I was able to tag it and then go back and find it later and read it and see what I was needing. So that was really the only thing that I didn't that I, that I was going to miss out of Google Reader based on some of these other tools. And once I found the tools that 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 had maybe not tagging but the uh, the a, a, a reasonable alternative to tagging, it was a fairly simple process to to, to, to move over. It it didn't really didn't really concern me all that much and. So I, I think, like you, Dennis, I'm I moved to Feedly. Uh, Feedly's been around for a long time. It's been around for a couple of years, but up until recently, it didn't have. I think it didn't come close to competing with Google Reader on the number of features and on how how well it worked. And one of the things that I have to hand to Feedly is they have a a really nice uh, user feedback program where people can suggest uh, suggest new features and. Those features get voted up or down, and then some features get added. Not every feature gets added, but I, I have to say that that of all the tools that are out there now, I think it is now the most full-featured reader. It, the fact that it's available as an iPad or iPhone or Android app makes it uh, makes it even better. 
there are a couple other tools out there, but but first, Dennis, are, how are, how is your Feedly experience going so far? It was really smooth. I, it's a little bit more visual than I wanted, but it gives you a, a you know, I've actually gotten used to it. And I think part of my thing is just adapting to the, a new interface. And so, um, so there are some things that I like. It has, it makes it really easy for me to save things. There's certain things I was used to doing in Google Reader that are a little bit harder now. But again, I just have to change my habits a little bit. There's one thing that, that bothered me until I realized that it was also a quote-unquote feature of, of Google Reader, which is sometimes it, on the folder, it will tell you how many feeds you have uh, uh, that are in there that are unread. And often those numbers are inaccurate, or, or at least sometimes those numbers are inaccurate. But that, you know, Google Reader was, did that commonly too. So that's just, uh, I don't know, it sort of goes with the territory. But there are some some funny things about refresh and stuff like that that... Uh, that I'm still working with, and I would expect to improve over time. It's a little bit different because um, how I use Google Reader in sort of supplying things uh, that I wanted to, uh, you know, that would turn into blog posts or tweets or, uh, you know, posted somewhere, somewhere else, I, I need to kind of figure out the workflow on that and see how that works. Again, that's, I ex- expect that to evolve. I guess what I really liked most about Feedly was. Not just the feeling there was a consensus growing around it, although there was a lot of talk at the end about, uh, you know, at the t- actual time of, of Google Reader's end about Dig Reader um, that is potentially interesting. But it just seemed Feedly was totally committed to becoming the successor to Google Reader. And, and I like that. And even with Dig Reader, it seemed like they were, you know, you were waiting and waiting. And, and I, I think they kind of brought that out in just a few days before the end of Google Reader, so you didn't really have a lot of time to evaluate it. So Feedly just sort of felt like the the place to be, and then I just figured, well, I'll just adapt, and you know, there gave me the chance to, and I think we'll go, we'll come back to this point, but it gave me the chance to kind of thin out uh, some of the the feeds I was subscribed to and and things like that. But generally, the experience has been good, and some things that were a little bit off putting to me at the beginning. I've just really adapted too quickly. Well, and 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 let's let's not just talk about Feedly. Let's talk about some of the other options. And uh, and when we talk about those, one of the things that that I like to do is to you know there there are a number of tools out there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read through a list of I'm gonna post a link in the show notes to a couple of articles that say here are the ten services that you need to look at post Google Reader. Um, I'm gonna read through some of them, but but when you're looking at some of these. Think about what's important to you. What do you need? Do you just need an alert service, like Dennis says, is um, is something that uh, that that alerts you to new things? Are, are you going to need more from that? For, for me, it's really it's really three or four things. I need one access to the news in a way that I can read, so it's all in one place. It's easy to read. Um, I, I need to be able to to share articles out. I, if I want to post it to Facebook, if I want to post it to Twitter, the the tool should allow me to do that in an easy easy way. I could, should be able to do it directly from the tool. Um, it lets me save the app to my to my uh, save the article to my reading app of choice. If I am using Instapaper or Pocket, if I want to read it later, um, I like the ability to do that. And then finally, lets me save the articles to Evernote or let it save lets me save it to a place where I can get to it more permanently. Now, one of the nice things is that. Uh, and we've talked about it on the show before, uh, a, a tool called IFT, I-F-T-T-T, if this, then that. Um, IFT.com 
allows you to create little channels and little recipes that uh, if if the tool of choice that you have doesn't do that, then there are some some of the tools will allow you to uh, uh, to create an an ift recipe so that you can make it happen. For example, in Feedly, Feedly doesn't have an automatic save to Evernote feature. That to me is the one down downside to Feedly is I want to be able to one click and save it to Evernote. Instead, what I have to do is I have to to email the article to Evernote, which is a couple of clicks. It's not bad, but it's not as convenient. I can set up a, a recipe in ift to where all I have to do in Feedly is 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 mark it as a save for later and uh, and ift will automatically post all of those articles over to my Evernote account. So that's another option if you want to want to look at ways to deal with this. But uh, let's let me let me cover and I'm kind of blabbing on here for a second, but let me cover some of the other tools that we've seen and, and my personal opinions about them. And then Dennis, come back and see about options that you've looked at other than what we've talked about. You mentioned Dig. Dig came out with a new newsreader. I think it's very much a a, a beta product. I think it, it has a lot to be desired. Its, its features are very basic compared to Feedly, compared to what Google Reader was. Um, AOL is actually coming out with its own new reader. And if you go there, you have to sign up to be in the beta group. I tried to sign up to be in the beta group, but the page didn't work. So I don't know if that's a, a sign of things to come. But but AOL is is trying to get into this area as well. Um, News Blur. Uh, is an is a site that I think comes the closest to being like Google Reader. I, I really like the features there. The one thing I don't like is it's not free. I won't say that it's expensive. It's a uh, twelve dollars a year. But uh, when I'm used to getting my news for free, I kind of I kind of balk against that. Um, NetVibes, Dennis, is a tool that you and I've talked about a long time about the the dashboard. You can also set up your RSS feeds in a dashboard format, like my Yahoo, um, so that you can see your your uh, your your RSS feeds. Uh, when you open up your web browser every day, and then there are a couple of uh, of, of apps that I've seen, Flipboard, um, Pulse, are are apps that work as news readers. I don't like them as much because they they kind of tend to be siloed, and you have to go through each one of the the channels separately. And I like to be able to look at all my news at once. Um, so I'm I I don't know I, I use them I I use them for for specific things, but I don't use them for. Uh, for, for for my newsreader for that exact reason. Dennis, um, any other options, any other things that, uh, that people might want to consider when they're looking at options to, to get over Google Reader? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things. And one, I, I think that, you know, Tom, we're unusual users. I mean, we subscribe to hundreds of RSS feeds. So uh, the tools that make sense for us uh, might be different than what will work perfectly well for other people. So, you know, like I said, something like a My Yahoo, you can definitely subscribe to RSS feeds inside Outlook, that could be a, a, a good uh, tool for people who don't follow a lot of, of feeds. There's some talk about some of the dedicated news readers like Feed Demon uh, making a comeback. Um, I really like those tools, uh, but Google Reader just became easy as I needed to, to access things you know, from, from different places. But the dedicated uh, readers are interesting. So um, it's kind of it's almost like by killing Google Reader, uh, Google has kind of flipped the switch on a lot of uh, innovation in an area that people didn't really expect to 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 see innovation. So, I would think maybe lawyers who want to experiment, uh, you might you might do the Outlook experiment because uh, that gets you uh, that that news coming in in a place that you know you, you're in uh, the Outlook. You know, lawyers who use Outlook are in most all day long, especially if you're using a you know a modest number of feeds. Well, and, and tell me what you think about this. I've heard, uh, 
I've, and it was it was long before Google Reader shut down, but I've heard people say, you know, I really don't use RSS readers. I rely on Twitter now to provide me with all the news that I need. Do you buy that argument, Dennis? Oh, God, I hate that argument. I mean, <laughs> so the notion is that, it, that I don't need to have, uh, you know, I don't need to subscribe to things that come to me because I just follow a bunch of people on Twitter. And then whatever they say is an interesting link. I just check that out and that gives me all the information I need. And Tom, I, you know, one of the things about Google Reader is it had this shared thing. And so you and I subscribed for a while, subscribed to each other's shared items. And you would think, uh, I mean, anybody would think that, yeah, that would be great. Dennis and Tom, I mean, the stuff that they share, that would be really useful to, to each other. And our interests are really different on, on what we're looking at. So that seemed to be less valuable. And then I, it raises the, 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 the age-old daily me question, you know, like, do I really want to see uh, just the stuff that the people I'm following on Twitter like or, you know, mention, which doesn't mean they like or agree with, you know, there's limited amount of curation. And it's like one of those things, like, do I really only want to see stuff that, you know, I'm inclined to like anyway, or is it part of my limited world? One of the things I liked about RSS is I saw something that was just you know, way far afield, just looked interesting to me, or maybe uh, was not something I would typically look at. I just subscribed to the RSS feed and would show up from time to time, and uh, you know, and that would give me you know s some fresh perspective. So I think that, and, and then you didn't have the tools of saying, okay, now I take this and now I can use it in a blog. I can use it for my own purposes. I can read the whole thing. It becomes this whole, you know, you're in Twitter, you click on something, you move out of Twitter, you look at things. So I, I just don't see Twitter. Um, or how I use RSS is is anything like a replacement tool. I, I I don't either. I think that there's just too much, especially if you follow a lot of people on Twitter. If you follow a lot of a lot of posts, then um, it it really is that river of news. And I've found that that my best way to use Twitter is just to really just kind of dip in whenever I happen to have the time. But if I'm trying to pay attention to everything, I'm never going to get it. And I I think I think that uh, I I tend to agree with you there. Well, we've given some examples of tools that you can use. Uh, I, you know, unfortunately, uh, the, the, the bad news is, is that if you are a Google Reader user, or maybe I should say if you were a Google Reader user, uh, it's, uh, it's too late now, I think, to get your data back. I went, to, uh, preparing for this podcast, I went to go see if I could download my data from Google Takeout, and it told me I had zero data in Google Reader. Um, so I don't know about you, Dennis, but it looked like it was... Uh, it, it looked like it got rid of my data as soon as Google Reader was retired. But uh, well, and that, and that could be that because you pulled it out already in, from Google Takeout, that maybe they closed you early. I, I don't know that. That's just spe speculation. Could because, be. I mean, generally the thought is that you have until July fifteenth. I think that 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 process worked pretty well. Although um, I think you end up like with eight files and and. You know, seven of them are in some format that probably you're going to have to do some research to figure out what you're going to do with them. So whether that data is actually usable to you is is questionable, but at least you have it. And then I also uh, ran across a couple of, of programs and some scripts that said, hey, Google Takeout doesn't give you like all your saved items and shared items and tags. And, you know, there's other things you don't necessarily get. And so I experimented with those. But I, I couldn't make uh, the one program I couldn't make work for me. And the other thing was a, a Python, which is an open source scripting tool. It's a Python script that 
I would have had to figure out how to to use. And by that time, Google Reader had had closed. So um, ultimately, I, I sort of think, although I've had it, uh, although I saved the data, I'm not sure I'm ever going back to it. I'm not sure how many people actually would. So it may not be a terrible thing. But if you do want to save that, especially your list of feeds, um, July 15th is, is, you know, in theory, the magic date. Well, and, and, and I just was... I just was the easy, I just took the easy way out and, and Feedly migrated everything over for me. Um, so if I ever want that data, I'm going to have to get it out of Feedly, or at least it, it migrated over my subscriptions. But I didn't really have a need to keep that much historical data because I'm keeping it in other places. Whatever you wind up doing, whatever you find works for you, please let us know. Send us an email or send us a tweet. Let us know what, uh, what you find uh, works best for you in uh, reading the news and keeping up with things of interest in your practice area or, uh, or in your personal life. Uh, before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break uh, from a message from our sponsor. Hi, this is Amy Thompson with Legal Talk Network, and we're talking with Jim Sherhart of Connected Data about their product named Transporter. Jim, how does Transporter help attorneys? Transporter is for attorneys who want to use cloud services like Dropbox, but don't because of privacy concerns. Transporter gives the convenience of cloud services plus 100% privacy and full control over where confidential information is physically stored. It shares files with colleagues, syncs between computers, makes offsite backups, or gives remote access using a PC, Mac, iPad, or iPhone. Learn more and see how attorneys are using Transporter at www.filetransporter.com forward slash KMR. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn too. now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. Tom, I was listening to the Slate Political Gab Fest a few days ago, and they bat around the question whether Google search was becoming less useful. I mean, the conversation was really interesting. You and I have talked about this off and on for, for a while now, but the point that they made that most interested me was there was a sense that Google was really uh, favoring the most recent uh, you know, post information um, and so you were getting stuff that was new and, and the example they used was interesting to me because I think it's become really, when you know something is out there from a few years ago and you do the Google search that you think will work, it seems like I have a harder time actually pulling up something that I know should be easily available. And I'll either go to the more advanced Google tools, uh, which I do now because I, I just wrote an ABA journal column about some of the, the more advanced Google tools, but I go to those a lot more than I ever have. Or frankly, I just go to Wikipedia uh, to give me like a, a, a starting point on, on some of these things, and that can, that can be a lot better. And so, Tom, I, I, I think you also listened to the same podcast conversation, but do you have the same... I mean, you... Sort of when we started out in this, you were heavily in the world of, of internet legal research. And so do you have the sense that, that, that maybe Google has uh, become a little, as they experiment with all the different things they're doing, uh, as the SEO people really try to game the system, and as the advertising models kind of work through all of this, that Google has become less effective uh, 
you know, for those reasons, or maybe there's just so much on the internet that it can't, it's, you know, by definition is going to become less effective. I think there's a number of forces at work here. This is a hard question to answer just because everybody has different needs for, for, for what a search engine is going to do for them. And so I have to say that, that for Google search, the way that I use it right now, it's pretty effective because typically I'm not doing research where I need to go out and find a lot of web pages on something. And I'll get to when I do need that in just a second. But typically, um, typically most of my searches are for something specific. You know, when I need a specific article or a specific topic or the name of something. And as long as you're typing in that exact phrase, Google's very accurate and it's going to wind up being the, 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 if not the first result within the first couple of results. And I think that's, I mean, for me, and, and you, you talk about going to Wikipedia, sometimes going to Wikipedia may be all you need to just get some basic background on something that you need to deal with. And the Wikipedia article is almost always at the top of Google search results. I still notice that Google doesn't filter out um, the link farms. So, you know, for some of the searches, I'll have to scroll down farther than usual to get certain information. Um, I, I really do like the filtering tools that Google has so I can limit the time frame to the last year or whatever a custom time frame is. If I'm looking for a specific type of image, whether it's a big image or a small image, I like those filtering tools. There's a lot of interesting options, um, but I, I do notice that there's been a lot of noise lately. I, and so I, I, I tend to agree that it's not the same experience as it was before. And um, so I'll admit to you, and I'm admitting for the first time anywhere on this podcast, that about a week ago, I gave in and I took the Bing It On challenge just to see what all the fuss was. I've seen all the commercials. I think this is a desperate ploy by Microsoft to, uh, to, to, to besmirch Google and to make people go away from Google. And I have to say that Bing won. It won four out of the five searches. I, you know, they make you search for things and then they tell you which search do you like better. And, and I, you know, I, I'm, I, I tried it this weekend preparing for this podcast. I'm getting ready to travel to Madison, Wisconsin. So I just did a quick search. Madison, Wisconsin in both Google and Bing. The, the top link that Google provided was the Madison's Visitors Bureau um, and then a bunch of links that really didn't matter to me. Over at Bing, the first result was the official city page, which had sublinks to all different categories, which, which didn't even show up on the first page at Google. Um, in the second column, there was a nice descriptive column, a nice descriptive uh, information about Madison with some, some links to attractions, links to related searches. And then in the third column, there was a social search so that I could see what my friends on Facebook were saying, if anything, about Madison, Wisconsin. Um, you know, I, to me, this whole thing has me thinking a little bit. My Google, my Google commitment. I, I will say that uh, that one of the most valuable things, and this is a little off the subject, one of the most valuable plugins I have uh, is Evernote. Uh, whether I'm searching in Google or Bing, at the very top of my search results, I will always have search results from Evernote, so that I can see: Have you saved something related to this search before? So that maybe I already have the information. I don't need to be going out and looking for it on the internet. I think, though, that that's my long-winded way of saying, Dennis, I do notice that something is is wrong, and 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 I'm a little puzzled about what to do about it at this point. Well, I I'm to me, it's sort of like a vibe thing, and so I'm sort of getting the feeling that uh, that I'm back a little bit uncomfortably close to the days of Alta Vista when I used Alta Vista. It was a great search engine. Um, this was way back in the day, and then. Uh, you started to say, I can't find the darn search results. There's ads, there's all this other stuff going on. And Google came along and was totally uncluttered. It was the perfect antidote. And it just seemed to find everything that, 
that you needed it and and it worked really well. And so lately I sort of feel I just every time I'm using Google on common searches and, and I, I give a couple examples. So um Sometimes at work, I'm, I need to look at license agreements. Uh, so it could be, I'm, you know, my search involves, say, the name of a software and end-user license agreement. I just need to see, you know, a copy of the, the end-user license agreement. And it's surprisingly hard to pull those up. Uh, but I, can, I get the feel that a lot of people have done this search engine optimization, and I'm sort of wading through that noise of people who've done that. Um, I wrote an article on digital estate planning. I needed to to grab a copy of it because I'm going to do a talk and I want to pull it into some handout materials. And it was, it was surprisingly hard for me to pull up that specific article. I, I really had to enter a lot more search terms to, to put that on the first page than, than I ever expected. So again, I sort of feel that the SEO uh, impact in, in, the, in the background there. And so I, I think I'm starting to feel that the Google works for certain types of searches, and like you say, maybe Bing works in other types of searches, and maybe something else works in some other place. And I hear these people saying, "Oh, you should try DuckDuckGo, which is some new search engine." And um, yeah, I'm just—it's sort of one of those things where you sort of feel like maybe as we get into these bigger and bigger databases and bigger and bigger audiences, it's sort of the least common denominator or what people feel really works. Um, is not matching me that well anymore. And then maybe I do need to look at something more custom, more personalized, or, or do, do something more on my own. And, and that's a tricky thing. And, and that sort of goes back, in a way, Tom, to, to Google Reader. When Google made the decision that uh, it would end Google Reader, it said there's not enough people um, using it. And there was, there's only like a million people. But you said these are like all the, ma- all the major bloggers, um, you know, it's so involved in in blogging. These are thought leaders by any definition who use Google Reader. And you figure Google bases its decisions on data and metrics. And they're sort of saying that the fact that thought leaders were using this was not significant in their overall business and, and, and what they were doing. That and, and sort of that goes against the sort of feel that we've always had for the internet. And so I think maybe when you get into these big data spaces, the trade-offs are really significant, and if your world is a little bit smaller, then you're more focused on maybe, I do want to know what thought leaders think, what's, you know, maybe the social search becomes more important, or I need a different tool that's more specialized. One of the things I take away from what you just said is, and, and based on what we talked about Google Reader, is that maybe it's that you and I and, and, and everybody else, we're just changing, and our expectations are changing, and, uh, and it's not matching up with what we're seeing online these days. I will say that it's funny that we're recording this on July the 7th, and as of tomorrow, July 8th, AltaVista will no longer exist. It's going away tomorrow. Yahoo is finally retiring that, uh, that search engine. Now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. I want to, uh, to thank Norino Petro for uh, pointing me to an article called Computer Tips and Tricks Everyone Should Know. It's from a website called TechSpot, and it's got a lot of great tips on just general tips on computer, uh, computer using your computer. There's general tricks. There's, uh, uh, there's typing tricks, keyboard shortcuts. There's uh, web browsing tricks, file management tricks, some security tips. Uh, it's got a lot of stuff that even I had not seen before. So, uh, uh, head on, head on over to that website. I'll put the uh, the link in the show notes and uh, and learn some more tips for your computer. And this week we lost uh, one of the the 
biggest people in the history of computing, uh, uh, Doug Engelbart, and uh, and sort of there's been a lot of great tributes to him. And and I think what I learned from the tributes is is that often you're he's the guy who often people say he's the inventor of the mouse, the inventor of hypertext, all these sort of things. I think that's what I've learned from the tributes. It's that's a uh, it's way more nuanced than that, but just a major, major figure. And and there's a great blog called Open Culture, OpenCulture.com, that you know finds great videos on the web and uh, that are available for free and and uh, are really educational a lot of times and really important historically. And one of the things they've done, and we'll put a, it's easy enough to find, but we'll also put a link in the show notes. Is they found what's been referred to in the history of computing as the mother of all demos, where Doug Engelbart of uh, and I believe this is maybe 30 years ago, I forget the exact date, um, did a demo that just blew people away and is historic in in the in computing that sort of, uh, in a way, showed a lot of things um, that were coming over the next 30, next 30 years and that were developed into, uh, you know, what was done at Xerox, what was done at Apple, like I said, the mouse, uh, collaboration, screen sharing, all these sorts of things. And and so it's um, although there's a loss, it's cool that you can go back and and see this this uh, as they say the mother of all demos that was so important in the history of computing. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Information on how to get in touch with us, as well as links to all the topics we discussed today, is available on our show notes blog at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes uh, or on the Legal Talk Network site. Our archives of previous podcasts are still available in iTunes and on the Legal Talk Network website. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming episode topics, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com or send us a tweet at tkmreport. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. Help us out by rating the podcast on iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, the Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network. <laughs>